All right. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going on with you? Oh, Scotty. What's up, Sam? I'm just excited for another fine, fine episode of Nerdcyclopedia. Another five-star episode, if you will. Yeah, let's make it five, not four and a half, because if you do four and a half, Scott's going to get you. I'm going to give you the business. He's going to give you the business. And let me tell you something. I like giving people the business. <laughs> we won't go into like the types of business stuff that you get into. but you That's know. a secret. That's All a right. state secret. <laughs> you can't spread that information. All right. And if you guys haven't guessed it already, I'm Sam. I'm Scott. All right. And we this are is, here. <laughs> this is Nerd Cyclopedia. All right. So this week we are on the letter N. N. You know, just like how you do in like Sesame Street and everything, we are finally on N. You know, we're brought to you by the letter N. We're brought to you by the letter N. And also triangles. <laughs> triangles and N. And ironically, well, is it ironically? N is for Nerd Cyclopedia, so this should be like it that is. that 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 ten star episode. You know, we should just. Like, you know, <laughs> just max it out and everything, you know. Well, I'm, it's now it's time for the secret oral history of Nerd Cyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, let's go way, way back into the way archives back. of when Nerd Cyclopedia first started. Way back. Nerd Cyclopedia was founded in 1873. <laughs> nobody right. told anybody. Nobody told anybody. It was any- actually originally a bird-watching podcast. <laughs> and then it lay dormant for... <laughs> Until January 2016. <laughs> in its original form, Nerd Cyclopedia was just a guy in a shed. Oh, man. With a bunch of stuffed birds. That is hilarious. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, this week we got to end. Yes. And what are we going to start off with, buddy? Uh, well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start in. Let's start into some comic book stuff, you know. Right. Well, um, let's start at the beginning, then. Okay. When comics really, you know, became comics. Okay. Let's talk about Namor the Submariner. Namor, classic character. Mm-hmm. In the 60s, invented by Stanley and Jack Kirby. For, um, he was a, um, well, hold on, hold on. Not in the 60s. My bad. Don't send me yeah. my hate Sam card. He goes way back further. <laughs> back into the Invader days. Human Torch. And, he was uh, in Marvel number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, people. My bad. <laughs> and his deal is he's like the king of Atlantis yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And then mankind started submarines. And he's like, hey, come on, guys. Under the sea is my business. Uh huh. And then uh, all the world governments were like, shut up. <laughs> and he was like, that's it. I'm coming out of the booth. And you're going to get a taste of a dude with wings, I guess, or whatever, flippers on his... Fins. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Weird design, right? Yeah. He was kind of like um, Marvel's answer to Aquaman. Is that... I don't know. See, I- I'm not sure who came first. Really? They are essentially the same character. I want to look that up now because that is... Well, I, you know what? I think I think Neighbor came before Aquaman because it says that you know he mm-hmm. was invented um, in early 1939. I'm sure right. Aquaman was... You know, came about much later than that. Mm-hmm. Let's just—I think you're right. Let's just look that up right quick. 
1941. <laughs> so. So, my bad. <laughs> and Aquaman looks a lot like Namor. <laughs> uh, really a very much uh, a lot of the same stories. <laughs> a lot of the same traits, right? Isn't Aquaman like kind of well, the king of Atlantis? Well, they both swim. Yeah. They both breathe underwater, you know. Right, right. And Namor's really strong, though. <laughs> <laughs> but an Aquaman can talk to fish, so they're both equally awesome. So Aquaman is not really effective once he gets out of water, whereas Namor, <laughs> Namor just punches people <laughs> really hard. So yeah, one of Namor's big things was punching like Nazis in the face. That was his deal. Oh uh, yeah, you know he had to come out of the ocean to punch a Nazi. That is <laughs> it's like is that a Nazi up there? I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> he, and he teamed up with Captain America and Human Torch to uh, found one of the um, first. Really big superhero teams, uh, um, the Invaders. Invaders. The the original Human Torch, not Fantastic Four Human Torch. The original, the Android. We're one. talking about the Android, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. A robot yep. Human Torch, which yep. really, it's funny because his name's an oxymoron. I never <laughs> got that. Right? He's a robot Human Torch. Well, isn't he just a, a robot that caught on fire? <laughs> he's not really a human torch so yeah. much as he is just a robot <laughs> exactly <laughs> a well really i mean robot. I, I guess since he looks like a human and you know technically i don't know you know but they it, it was good a good enough name to um do a second human torch <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to give them a pass on the first human torch because uh, i don't know if the ethics of robotics had been formulated in 1939 probably not probably so not. i am willing to give them a pass <laughs> and let it go uh, uh just a little all right, so yeah, that's um, that's Namor. So he was. Um, so how did he 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 lay dormant for a number? Of years. We know that Captain America went into the sea and he was frozen for so you know such a long time. So was Namor? Does Namor age, or how does how does that go with him? How did he come about when uh, when when Marvel sort of revived itself with the Fantastic Four? Um, I'm not honestly sure. Hmm. I think that when with Namor, they just kind of when they retired him, mm-hmm. he kind of like just went back to running Atlantis. Oh, okay. And then, uh, like, he just got tired of fighting because I guess there was less, you know, sea warfare after World War Two was over. Right, right. So he just went then, back into the sea, and um, yeah, when when the um, the metahumans came, more metahumans like Fantastic Four, Avengers, and all that stuff came about, then he decided to float back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. And then that was, so he was just gone for a while. Yeah, okay. I think I could be very wrong, but you know, it seems like this is an echo chamber for us. You know, it's all good. He was, um, he was a uh, affiliated with a lot of teams, like the Invaders. Like I said, that was his beginning. We, he was part of the Avengers. He was mm-hmm. a um, Defender. Uh, he was part of the X Men. Now, how how does is, do they consider him a mutant? They do because they can't explain all his powers as being a hybrid of human and Atlantean. Huh, okay. So, like, he can fly and people are like, none uh-huh. of them do that stuff. Really? Like, wow, yeah, okay. So, so they have, like, strength and speed and stuff, but not everything. So they, they some, in some cases, call him Marvel's first mutant. Huh, Of course, okay. we all know <clears throat> who the real first mutant is. <laughs> that, that, that guy from way back in the, um, um... The, the the pyramid days, <laughs> if yeah, you, if guy. you let the movie tell it, you know. Well, no, apocalypse is you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's apocalypse. They yeah. mess with them. Yeah. What can you do? Okay. All right. So that's um that's Namor. 
you know. Yeah. Really decent character. They didn't really do him, um, haven't done him a, a lot of justice as far as, um, you know, characterizing him in current times. He's supposed to have a movie. He's, um, they have a deal with Universal that may, that's, that's preventing him from actually becoming part of the MCU um, for the movies and everything, so Marvel is really hesitant on using that character because that means that they would actually have to pay Universal <laughs> to um, <laughs> to um, to do that character. So they say, "Oh, we got other things to do. We'll just create a new character, Jay Moore, the uh, the submariner." <laughs> Jay Moore. <laughs> hey, he's a totally different guy. He's got the widow's peak, got the wings, but that's uh, okay. It's the same guy. He got me. <laughs> Or they just may be waiting for DC's Aquaman to come out to see how. Um, <laughs> Let's just get Jason Momoa to play him. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, what's the, the difference? Guy. All right, all right. So what else we got? We got um, um, staying in comics. We have Nightcrawler. All right. Nightcrawler is a German, which is uh, what is super interesting about him. So when they did the giant size X Men, yeah, and they, uh, you know, and they. Uh, Brought him into the fold. The Giant Size X Men was more of like a worldwide team, right? So as opposed to being just you know whiny American teens, right. which is I guess what you know that's what those guys were. I mean, listen, yeah. the original X Men were not yeah. super cool, and Scott Summers was never cool, and that's why I liked him the best. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Giant Size X Men came out around 1975. Introduced mm-hmm. Nightcrawler as like you know. Um, um, he was uh, um, a blue, you know, blue character with three, three fingers on each, well, three fingers on each hand, on each arm, or whatever, and then right. two, two toes. <clears throat> so he was a really, he was an outstanding, um, I guess, mutant or what have you. Um, they had like a crazy Morlock type appearance. Appearance. Yeah. So, so his mutation messed with his physical appearance. Right. Gave him a tail and stuff. Did he ever? Did they ever? Um, was he born like that, or did they ever? Did he ever actually have a human form? I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of. Um, I've seen some. I think in the cartoon he's depicted as being born. Okay, um, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was just born with the unusual characteristics. Huh. Okay, so he just had the look and not the power. Okay, and his power is maybe the most awesome power. Yeah, like he's got the coolest. power. Yeah. I, I think that he would be, you know, the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> Bamf. <laughs> right. He can teleport. This guy could teleport. <laughs> he's like, he could teleport he's like, anywhere um, that he can visualize. Let's right. make that distinction because he can't teleport in places where he doesn't, he can't really see. You know, he has right. to see where he's going to or has a visualization of where he's going to so he can, um, you know, go to that place. And he leaves a little stench behind while he's at it. <laughs> I remember yes. that used to be a, um, a a thing that the little stench that he left behind every time he teleported. Yeah, it smells like matches. <laughs> so it smells like sulfur, which is what matches smell like when you burn them. Yeah. <clears throat> so you just be sitting there, and all of a sudden it smells like matches. Like, ah, mm-hmm. like, bam! Right, B A M F. That's his, that's the sound effect. Yeah, he had a pretty decent arc, though. I, I really like how they portrayed him in the X Men movie. The um, was it the second movie that he was in? Yes. Um, you know he the best X Men movie. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah Not the best X Men. Not even close. <laughs> um, but yeah, he had a pretty decent arc in there. Um, you know, coming from out of Germany and everything, and um, 
you know, coming up upon the X-Men, being in hiding for so long because of his appearance and stuff. Um, essentially, what it, in essence of what a mutant is, you know, just in hiding and, you know, being fearful of what other people think of you. Um, you know, the larger society shunning you and all that stuff. Um, that's essentially what Nightcrawler is. He's a, um, he's that type, but he, he always had that happy go lucky personality and everything. So I liked how that's how they portrayed him in the comic books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's also portrayed as being like sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's, he's portrayed as being like, uh, you know, uh, kind of religious. Right. Right. And well, like nice. they said he's a Catholic. Yes. He's Bavarian German, which mm-hmm. people forget <clears throat> that about Germany mm-hmm. is that they're uh, had religious wars for a long time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so um, they're not all Protestant; only the up, the northern half. The southern half is all Catholic, so it's a mixed country. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Pretty nifty. Uh, now, did he have some sort of relation? Not relations to um, Mystique. Yeah, Mystique's his mom. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So. That's why she looks, um, you know, that's why she he looks blue. Like, cause she's right, blue, right, you know? right. Okay. So, you know, it, it's something that had always been sort of uh, intended, and then it was, you know, uh, you know figured out. Yeah, yeah so. they, they figured out how they could connect that. So, yeah. Um, Nightcrawler. All right. All right, so. All right, so let's move on to Night Owl, keeping in comic books. All right. Night right. Owls. So there are two Night Owls. There are two Night Owls in the Watchmen universe. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and what's interesting about their portrayal, mm-hmm. in my opinion, if you look at the dichotomy, is that there are two versions of Batman. Right. And they're designed as a, they're, they're designed as a, um, uh, a parody of Batman. Right, no, not a parody of Batman, but they're designed as an analog to Batman. Right, right, Cause, right. Because Night Owl in the '40s mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of the best known of the uh, not metahuman, but the non-powered vigilantes. Right. And um, Night Owl in the uh, in the second Minutemen universe, which was the late '60s, the late '60s, early '70s was a different guy who relied more on gadgetry. Right. And on money and technology to do things, less so than on just punching people in the face. Right. And so it was interesting as a take on how the character of Batman evolved into more of a science fiction-y type of, you know, uh, a Sherlock Holmesy. Right. Guy, as right. As opposed to just punching people. Right. Because, I mean, Batman in the, you know, Batman in the old olden days... Just would kick people in the face, like he just could break their necks and stuff. And you know, it's weird, right? To read the old Batman, it's weird because you know that's that's not present in the newer ones. Yeah, when he um, first came about, and then when it started getting into like the '60s, when you started getting all those gadgets and everything, and mm-hmm. you know, bat this, bat that, and sort of sort of like getting out of hand and everything with the um the whole <laughs> Batman and his um you know go go gadget stuff. Well, they just slap a label on anything. He had bat. Helen, you know, oh, man. the bat crime computer, mm-hmm. you know, it, it bat, yeah, it very bad everything. Yep. So Night Owl, Dan mm-hmm. Dryberg was a lot like that. Yeah, he was, uh, a, yeah, he was a lot like the more, um, you know, current Batman, whereas Hollis T. Mason, mm-hmm. he was the more, um, like you said, the, the beginnings of, of, of what Batman was, like you said, the analog towards that. 
And he right. was, like you said, part of the what was called the Minutemen at that point. Uh-huh. Um, that was a, a team of heroes that weren't super powered or anything like that. Actually, what did they call them in, in, in that book? They didn't call them superheroes. They called them Max. Um, adventurers. Adventurers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He would go out and do, um, uh, you know, he would go out and, uh, you know, fight crime. Right. And then Hollis Mason, you know, didn't make a lot of money on it, mm-hmm. but he retired and basically wrote a book right, called Under the Hood, right? Mm-hmm. And, and unmasked himself and talked about all the crazy, like, soap opera-y stuff that happened to the, uh, uh, you know that happened to the uh, Minutemen. Uh, Minutemen. Mm-hmm. So some of the crazy stuff the comedian did, and it really sort of blew the lid off of right. You know their attempt to uh, uh, you know their attempt to uh, fight crime in that way. Right, right. He, he really told like the whole backstory of you know mm-hmm. how they got together and their you know what they were doing back then, and it was a um uh in the in the context of the um the Watchmen comic book itself, it was like a book within a book. Cause I remember the um, book actually, there was, you know, scripted pages of it in there and it was a pretty, um, pretty, you know, salacious book. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it was a really inter- interesting context in the, in the story talking about, um, you know, his adventures or his perspective as night owl, uh, with being, being with the minute men and, um, costume adventurers, or mass adventures back then. Mm-hmm. So Night Owl, yeah, and, and Night Owl mm-hmm. <laughs> in the actual comics. Mm-hmm. So that's the background. In the comics, he's got, you know, uh, the second Sp- Silk Spectre kind of leaves Doctor Manhattan, right? And then, uh, you know, they sort of start um, doing some crime fighting, and they've been outlawed. So the mass adventuring has been stopped, right? They kind of, uh, they're the ones that sort of unravel um, Ozymandias' plot to sort of pull the world together by destroy, killing, you know, 30 million people or however. Right, right. By thinking, making them think it as an alien invasion. Right. <laughs> Spo- is, spoiler alert for anyone is, who didn't rewatch it. I mean, 30-year-old spoiler alert, right? Exactly. If, and if you just saw the movie, it is different. <laughs> and then... Uh, Ozymandias says to he tells them you can't tell anyone about this or it'll ruin it and all these people have died for nothing and Rorschach refuses and, and Night Owl goes along with it yeah so yep he has some pretty cool costumes and stuff um, I, I, I like this white um, um, towards the end of the book his white um, Night Owl suit and everything so he mm-hmm. was like you said he was Batman prepared back then <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> for all elements and everything so underwater you know um, in the Antarctic so you know he, right. he, he really got his his thing on there so yeah all right so yeah that's Night Owl um, all right so in keeping with comic books still we have one of the, um, a really great historical you know character that a lot of people should know about Nick Fury. Yes. Nick Fury. Agent, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> now, i tell you one thing with this guy. Um, I never really liked S.H.I.E.L.D. I still really don't. The whole concept to me is just like, who are you guys and what are you guys really doing? But right. 
it's been such a prominent thing within the Marvel universe that you know it's just it's just you can't really have one without the other. So Nick Fury, his activities are just really, really, really prominent. Mm-hmm. Well, the real question, I think, if you like Shield or not, depends on how much you trust the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think we're both on the side. We don't like Shield. <laughs> we're not big Shield fans. No, not not really big Shield fans. But I don't know um, that. I don't know that. You know what's that? That's the whole plot of the Captain America two movie, right? Uh-huh. That they're gonna do. They're gonna have the hovercrafts, and they're just gonna be like, "Ah, we just <laughs> we're gonna use them to control everyone." And Captain America's like, "I don't like that." Right, 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 right. And they're like, well, "We're gonna try to kill you," and he's gonna be like, "I'm Captain America, so that ain't gonna work out." That's not gonna work out. But I have to punch everybody. <laughs> I'm really good at it. That's what. That's what the whole. That's basically. So if you didn't see Captain America two, spoiler alert for that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Nick Fury. He was he's first appeared in like um Sarge as Sergeant Fury in the Howling Commandos. So mm-hmm. he wasn't really it wasn't really Shield um he wasn't really a part of Shield back then. Um I don't think he really started being a part of Shield until maybe a couple years later or what have you. Right. So Sergeant Nick Fury is like uh almost like a flashback series cuz it ran until about 1975 is when they were making these. Yeah. This is like this character's exploits during World War Two. Yeah, World War Two. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, they were publishing stories about Shield and talking about the, well, his later career, which is almost like you know okay. a much more, <laughs> much more visually uh, distinctive James Bond. Right, like a had, spy. You know, right, an eye patch. <laughs> like, like, do you think that's Nick Fury? Why? It just always seems like every time Nick Fury's around, some guy with an eye patch is around. <laughs> Just keep finding ways for him to wear like motorcycle helmets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the uh, more controversial things that way it turned out to be maybe, uh, 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 maybe to like the current fans, so like versus the older fans when they changed Nick Fury from white to black, <laughs> when they changed mm-hmm. him to Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> in the um, in the alter ultimate um, universe of of you know the Marvel comics and everything. So they had based the, uh, the 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 look of the character off um, um, Sam Jackson, and I don't think it was so much of an uproar <clears throat> when he came out. I think it probably would have been more of an uproar if they had changed him to black in the movies before they had changed him in the comic books like that. But I think for the to, to fit the um, the ultimate you know the universe sense of just changing continuity period. Or just restarting um, um, things in more of an up-to-date fashion, um, changing them to uh, from a white man to a black man was a uh, was a big thing because Nick Fury was a prominent character, you know. Right. And essentially, you're just shuttling all that history of that character when you change him like that, you know. Um, but you know, they 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 are still using that character, or they're still using the the, the African American version of him in the movies. And that is the Nick Fury that um, that I guess a millennial <laughs> generation knows. They say, "Who's this white guy called Nick Fury?" <laughs> right? Why has he got all that white hair? He's got like, white hair on the side. Right, 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 What's right. Deal with that. Why is that Samuel L. Jackson? This Nick Fury is not yelling at me. I don't like it. He's not bald, you know. <clears throat> I told you I'm running Shield. <laughs> But um, but yeah, that was one of the more controversial things when um when they changed them, you know, as far as that you you had like your comic book purists are so 
you know, you, you got to stick with what happened in the comic books. You got to stick with what happened to the comic books where, you know, um, I guess a company felt that, okay, well, let's update characters and, you know, make changes right. and everything. Um, so let's modernize them and, you know, let's make up Samuel L. Jackson. You know, see how that works out. Right. And maybe we could have, maybe we could have yeah. some black heroes. I don't know. Do that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, this is a 1937. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there won't be riots if we do that. Uh, right, right, right. Goodness gracious. And so that is Nick Fury. <laughs> Obviously, Samuel. Well, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury mm-hmm. in the MCU context. I mean, he was the thread that tied everything together initially. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's the one that showed up in Iron Man. And he's the right. one that showed up in all the post credit scenes to be like, "Yo, right, hey guys, we're doing Avengers. Right, it's happening. Right, so you know, uh, maybe you guys want to be in them, the Avengers." Well, I remember when that first Iron Man came out and Samuel Jackson appeared on the screen. I didn't really know. I, I knew I knew that it was a possibility Sam Jackson was going to appear in the movie, but I didn't really know that until the end of that movie. So when when he appeared, that I just remember back then. I was, I, that was just one of the most happiest happiest times for me as a um, comic book fan because I knew what that meant. That 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 appearance in the first Iron Man told what the future of movies up to that point. Uh, I mean, you know, after that point, we're going to be as far as Marvel movies because Marvel movies before then were just like, you know, they were so-so. You had your good Spider-Man. You had your good and all on and off X-Men and everything, but nothing mm-hmm. interconnected everything until right. when uh, first Iron Man had the first appearance of Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. And I think the other thing that got the fans excited um, because there was already a, uh, uh, the Sam Jackson in the comics. So right. that, that right. sort of appeased to a purist. Like, okay, well, at least if you're going to do this, you got to have Sam Jackson playing them in the movies. <laughs> Sam Jackson is playing Nick Fury in the movies, so you can't get much more hype about that. And it told the fact that the Avengers were coming. So that just got everyone excited. So that right, was that knew, was a landmark point. Before you said who he was, because he looked like uh huh, he looked like Nick Fury in the comics. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> I, I think that's Nick Fury. Uh huh. Yep. 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 So. And uh, and of course Sam Jackson being excited about Sam Jackson playing Nick Fury made sense makes sense I mean Sam Jackson is good in that role yeah well I mean, first he he's a hell of an actor period mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. him playing that role I mean that was just a a boom for Marvel you know and I mean the history of on, on that scene that's it they they said it was just a um, initially I don't think it was supposed to be a joke but they didn't really plan the whole Avengers thing until like a last minute. Okay, well, what do you think would happen if they just uh, inserted to see what Nick Fury at the attack at the end credits or whatever? And right. then once they saw the response that came from it, then that's when it just started clicking with them. Okay, well, we can probably do the Avengers. We got the rights to Thor. We got the rights back from to Captain America. Right. Um, and we already have the Hulk. We they actually were coming out with the Hulk about a couple months later. Um, oh, that's right. That Hulk movie came out the same time. It came out the and same time. The, yeah, that Iron Man made so much more money. Yeah, I forgot yeah. all about that. Yeah, yeah. That's because they did so badly, or oh, bad. I'm oh, sorry. Oh. They did so bad on the a previous Hulk with um, well, who's the guy that directed that? Um, oh man, he's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Lee, he directed um, Ang Lee. Angley, yeah, 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 Angley. He did such a such great director, but such a did such a poor job with that Hulk. <laughs> it just wasn't a Hulk movie. No, not at all, not at all. All right, so that's Nick Fury, um, Agent of Shield. Agent of Shield. 
Not the CIA. Shield. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else we got, buddy? Okay. Well, that's a lot of the comic stuff I know we wanted to get yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk briefly about something that uh, is uh, ingrained in nerd culture. Uh-huh. But you want to know it's there because it's silent and deadly. Uh-oh. Ninjas. Woo! Yeah. Ninjas. And what love? And, and what love? What the? What nerd doesn't love ninjas? You know. We all. Love them. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, everybody knows about this. But ninjas are silent, black-clad <laughs> assassins, right? Who are rumored to be, uh, you know, uh, superhuman in their ability to mm-hmm. infiltrate and terminate their targets, right? So, uh, ninjas in culture are basically the guys in. Uh, you know, masks and kind of, I don't know, loose pants, loose black, I don't know why they wear them loose, like Loose, 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 loose black pants, um, mask, um, maybe has like some, you know, weapons or what have you, uh, mm-hmm. but they always have like a, a beautiful flat fighting style, which everyone sort of admired because it was just so different from your average action, punch, 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 maybe kick, you know, they, when, when, when a ninja does it, they do it in style. <laughs> <laughs> you might they, not even know about them. You might not even know about them. They come silently, yeah. like like yeah. a um like Storm Shadow was one of my favorite ninjas from GI Joe. Oh right, you know, right. he was a um and he was all white. <laughs> <laughs> he was a all white ninja, you know. Um, but yeah, ninja was like a a, a fantasy. Uh, the ninjas were pretty pretty decent, or not were they still are. They're pretty much like commando assassins. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. So uh, that's what they did in history. They were these commando assassins, and in popular culture, they've sort of taken on this, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> this idea of mm-hmm. the invincible, shadowy killing machine. Right. So uh, pretty nifty there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, they're all over the place. Like Psylocke was a ninja, I guess. Yeah, yeah Psylocke was um, a ninja. Uh, yeah, the, there's uh, a bunch of the turtles that are ninjas. But there were, aren't they? You know, Leo, Mike, Roth, and um, what's the other name? Donnie. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> so those guys are the ninjas. They made turtles into ninjas. Batman's kind <laughs> of a ninja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he learned from um in his trials. You know, he learned how to be a ninja, so he knows that those fighting styles and everything. Batman is just so all around. Period. So. If you had a way to beat someone up, Batman learned it. <laughs> he knows he, all of them. He knows all, but yeah. He knows um, where all the nerve bundles are. That's what his favorite thing is. All right. Deactivate your arm. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing, really, but it's cool. So these guys have swords, and they show up. Um, there's a ninja raid in uh, Last Samurai, right? Yeah. yeah. In the Last Samurai, the, yeah. they come, after, uh, they come mm-hmm. after Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And he uses the powers of Xenu to stop them. Yep. There Which was is that, interesting. There's that, um, the old school video game, Ninja Gaiden. Oh, Ninja Gaiden. New world record, 1148 by Arcus 78. Woo! Arcus 87. All right, all right. Yeah. But nice. <laughs> That's a really optimized run if you're interested in watching it. So check it out. All right. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff. Ninjas are ninjas, you know. That's yeah. the thing all the kids... Dressed up as for Halloween, whose parents, you know, who couldn't think of anything, whose parents were lazy. Yep. Just dress up yeah. like a ninja. Just dress Have a up like a ninja. Start. Yep. 
uh, Chinese Chinese stars. <laughs> oh, speaking of um, you know, uh, video games. Yeah, I think we got another in in that in that aspect, right? That's correct. The company that whose name is synonymous with video gaming. Yes. In a way that if you say playing Nintendo, you basically mean video games. That's it's not what even, you mean. Yeah. That was a that was a verb, right? Uh, yes. You 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 you're not playing. You, so Sega was out. You had maybe PlayStation coming up, but it was always you're uh, downstairs playing Nintendo, or you're in your room right. playing Nintendo, according right. to your parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, mom, I got a Sega. <laughs> I'm playing the Genesis. Uh, Stop playing- calling it Nintendo. It's a Super <laughs> Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, they, the Nintendo sort of branded that really good, you know. Yeah, Nintendo is uh, a company that uh, started out as a playing card company. It's older than you'd think. Oh wow! Uh, it was okay. In eighteen eighty nine. Okay. And they were one of the pioneers in electronic gaming. Huh. They had a series called Mister Game and Watch, who was like a, you know the old Tiger games. Okay. Right? Yeah. You know how everyone you can never figure out what's going on in those Tiger games. Okay. I never could anyway. Okay. Well, so, <laughs> so <laughs> they basically made those for a bit, mm-hmm. and then um, this was in like the seventies. Okay. And then uh, they developed arcade machine games, so that's where like Super Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong came from. Right. Because they saw how much money Pac-Man made. Pac-Man made so much money in Japan that like you couldn't get like their version of quarters. Okay. But like, there was a shortage because they were all in the Pac-Man machines. Okay. So like you couldn't get like there was the ten like ten uh, ten yen piece or whatever like you couldn't find them or anything, which I always thought was funny, uh, and so they started work on a home console and this was right after the crash for Atari, and they named it the Family Computer, which is shortened as Famicom. Huh. Okay. So you might hear uh, you might hear that referred to as the Famicom. Okay. And they had a. Um, a series of games that came out uh, that are called the um, the Black Box Games. The Black They're, Box Games? The Black Box Games. They actually have a name. They're the games that were initially released in 1985 when it was brought to America. Uh-huh. So, um, man, Burger Time and Super Mario Brothers are the big ones, right? Yeah. Okay, Super Mario Brothers is the one everyone knows about. Right. Um, and so... What revolutionized this is that it was a higher quality product than Atari. Right. And so if you ported a game from an arcade, so if you went to an arcade to experience a game and you came to back to the Famicom or the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh-huh. um, you would see that the port would be a lot more faithful. Right. So it had more colors, it had more processing power, it had more, more action. So these are the differences between Atari. Mm-hmm. And if you ever look at port of, a, of an arcade, like a Pac-Man, for instance. Right. If you look at the difference between Pac-Man on, on Nintendo, Pac-Man in the arcade, and Pac-Man on the Atari, it's obvious. Right. <laughs> There's a big difference. Yeah, it's a big, big, big um, graphic difference and the right. way the movements go and everything. So, yeah. Right. So They want to the, sort of bring that um, the, the arcade experience into the home. Right. And the Nintendo Entertainment System has uh, a brick controller. It's a, um, uh-huh. like, a like a rectangle. It's got a directional pad with the four directions, although it can also register diagonals. Uh-huh. A start, a select, and then a, a B and an A. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's it. Uh, and they figured out how to do some crazy stuff with it. As, uh, as I've said before, I'm, you know, I play a lot of those retro-type games. I'm a Mega Man 2 speedrunner. 
Right. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of other speedrunners, you know, so there's still a very active community in playing these games. Right. Um, because of, I think, uh, because of how the games are, and there's, there's a real, with NES, <clears throat> there's a real sweet spot between, um, you know, slapdash events and things that had to just be kind of built to make it work. Right. And polished, making something polished. Right. I think a lot of the newer games are a little more polished, and so there's not as much like cheating you can do, I guess, to use the term that I hear a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, you say charm. Um, I think the older, you know, Nintendo games had a lot more. Well, they had a different charm than what what you what you say today. Like you said, they have a um a, like today's games are way more polished. The graphics are way more better, but the charm from those games really stand out because. Number one, they, I mean, there's a nostalgia there from playing them, you know, mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. you go back and play those games and everything. And right. the sort of, like, ease of, you know, getting to different levels and, you know, getting across, you know, different points in the game. Um, like you said, the, the speedrunning thing is a, a pretty big popular thing right now, you know, yeah. beating the games in certain times. And, you know, um, whereas uh, I'm not a speedrunner like yourself. Um, I re- but I remember playing those same games, <laughs> and you know, just going through the different levels. Not sort of like not so so much as playing them to um, beat a certain time, but mm. just beating them. Period. And to see right. a speedrunner, you know, accomplish what I used to do in a record, of, you know, record time is just amazing to me. Yeah. So it yeah. does it does have that charm. Yeah. For instance, the world record for Super Mario Brothers um, has decreased a lot. It was about. 501 for a while uh-huh. and then they they got it under five huh so it's under five minutes and now it's i like can't 459 now it's four then it was 458 and it was 457 now it's 456 88 56.88 seconds can't even imagine that i remember it took days for us to, to complete that <laughs> game back in the 80s oh man it, it, it was this thing that me and my brothers used to do when when we first got the nintendo and we were first trying to cross a bridge with the um with the whole Mario thing. It was just you know trying to um, press a jump, and we always missed the jump. And then <laughs> we would do this thing called pause and pray, right? <laughs> just to get past the one point. And it would, every time the part came up, we paused and then we prayed. <laughs> we would pray that we would get to make this jump so we could get to the next point. And it was just a oh man, it was just a it was just a fun experience back then. So those, those games and that system, but Nintendo was synonymous with the whole kind of um, idea of home console gaming until until the Sega Genesis came out. Yes. So they had about five years where they would tell, you know, they, they would do things like to preserve the quality of the gaming experience. They would only let uh, developers submit, I think, five games a year. Uh huh. Right. So you can only submit five games a year for approval for licensing. Okay. Um, to try to keep the quality good. So you had huh. you had to pick. Right. Okay. Like, like, um, you would have to pick which games to put it to submit and not, and then it led to there being like, <laughs> like Konami, <clears throat> to the game making company, who makes uh, games like uh, the Castlevania series, the Konami series. Um, they would have to create, um, like other offshoot companies. Right. So that's why, like, you'd have a developer like Ultra that would just be like a shell, <laughs> so that they could submit their games. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there are some companies that were good, known for good quality. Like Capcom is always really good, and they right. would do like the Disney games, like uh, Ducktales, Capcom game, Mega Man's Capcom game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
And then uh, you'd have Konami that would do like Contra as a Konami game. Yeah, Contra was classic. Yeah. Um, I they believe they did. Did they do Ninja Gaiden? Um, Ninja Gaiden is not a. I think Ninja Gaiden's a Temco. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, did 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 Konami do the first Turtles game, or did they? Um, oh man, Konami, Konami. I know they did a few um, decent games. I remember yes. they did um, Double Dribble. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did the Turtles, and they moved it to Ultra. Okay, okay. Like that was so. Ultra was the the Turtles game was the Ultra game, so you could get it as an Ultra game or a Konami game. Okay, okay, okay. So neat. <laughs> they did Double Dragon, right? Yes. <clears throat> I think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, if you were growing up in the late '80s, or even into the early '90s, uh, you know, Nintendo. Everybody had an NES. Like there wasn't. There yeah. Was, it was there was so much. It was so homogeneous. There was no like like there was a Sega eight bit system mm-hmm. called the Master System. I think it was no one had right. it. Right. Like if you had a Master System, you couldn't like no one was going to be able to like couldn't trade games with anyone. Or... Right. But if you went to someone's house, you knew they had probably TMNT, Punch-Out, Mario, probably Mario 3. Yeah. You you knew that you had those games. Probably one of the Mega Mans. Yeah. Some people, some kids had more. Like, I had two, four, five, and six. And I still have, actually. I still have those cards. Yeah, excellent. Um, Nintendo was like the Marvel of video games, while Sega was like sort of like the DC. <laughs> right. They were the rivals out there, and I and, and I remember getting in um, arguments and stuff with with kids back when I was in school about which was a better system, um, mm-hmm. Sega or DC, uh, Sega or Nintendo. Sega had some better <laughs> graphics in some aspects, but they really couldn't, couldn't compete as far as fun quality uh, of the Nintendo games to me. I think that the Genesis was, I mean, it was its own thing. In comparison to... It's like halfway between... <clears throat> well, maybe three-quarters of the way between Super Nintendo and Nintendo, right? Right. Because the Super Nintendo uh, had, like, better sound quality... Right. And more input selection, and... Um, I think it has a better game library, if I'm being honest. But I'm a Nintendo fanboy from the state, so I like, you know, my opinion isn't going to be... You know, my opinion is not objective. It's, right. It's kind of... <laughs> like, I'll just say that. I have my... A little, a little biased. Yeah, I've got a bias, you know, about this. Right. But, Nothing wrong uh, with that. I think that... Uh, so Sega was marketing itself against the NES, right, when it came out right. with Genesis. Uh-huh. And then it was actually about a year later that the Super Nintendo came out. Okay. And, um, you know, kind of was... And then there were a lot of games that would come out for both systems. Okay. Which wasn't something that was was it was happening. So, like, all the EA Sports games came out for both systems... Street Fighter came out for both systems. Mortal Kombat came out for both systems. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, you could have a different versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And then the Genesis had three buttons, and the Super Nintendo had four main buttons, two shoulder buttons. So it had right. six. Right. So I think the controls were a lot better on Super Nintendo. But I had a Super Nintendo. I actually have one now. I'm looking at it right now. It's right here. Hey, you just got a collection of Nintendo systems there, huh? I do, because I like to stream them. So I'll Excellent. Play. Excellent. Yeah. You know, I'll play. People can watch. <laughs> if they want to. All right. Well, yeah, we'll get your Twitch handle at the end. <clears throat> but you got to wait till the end. <laughs> want to keep you in suspense. <laughs> well, they say the Twitch handle. <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> They're going to say it. Uh, so, you know, that's, and that's kind of, 
I think for younger people now, and I feel like I'm old now. This makes me feel old. But for younger people, they don't have that sort of, you know, Nintendo is is definitely third. You know, it's not that it's not like so dominant in, uh, you know, it doesn't have some sort of a dominant stranglehold on the marketplace like it did. So now you have gaming, and you have Xbox, PC gaming, you have PS4, and then you know whatever Nintendo system there is. But right. There's not well, they got that Nintendo Switch that just came out. Um, right. That people, they lo- it looks really good, you know, really decent. Um, they need more games for it, I believe. But yeah. as far as a handle where you could play anywhere, like you could start um, your game in one place and finish it on the road, if you will. You right. know, you can, um, you know, it, it fits really decent in different places. I mean, it, it looks it looks decent as far as like a mobile game system. It has really good graphics too. Yeah, I mean, and the Wii U's fun. Like, my brother has one. I don't have one. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the Wii U's fun. I never even got a Wii. I have my sister's that's here because I was going to do some stuff with it. I never ended up doing it. Right. Um, but I haven't gotten anything since a GameCube, actually. I mean, honestly, yeah. So I've, I've been kind of, you know, I kind of stopped. That's why I guess I stopped aging up. I did have an Xbox. but Right. Yeah. You know. But Nintendo's, okay. you know, I heard Nintendo's, uh, the Wii U was not particularly successful, right? The Wii was real successful, and obviously they have all this money from the 80s. Um, and someone was like, oh, what if Nintendo goes bankrupt? And then I saw a, uh, <laughs> I saw, like, a, a thing that said Nintendo has cash reserves that they could lose as much money as they lost the last year for the next 60 years. <laughs> still be yeah. fine. So, yeah, I think uh, at the time when, um, like, when Place, the first PlayStation came out, it sort of changed the game as far as how you look at you know, video games and sort of put Nintendo and Sega in a um, in a different field where they had to step up and make um, systems like the Cube and um, mm. Sega actually had, had something else. I forgot what Sega had. Saturn and the Dreamcast. Yeah, the, yeah, the Saturn and the Dreamcast, and then they just eventually just stopped making systems. You know, right. so yeah, they got out of the whole game gaming hardware thing. Period, and just you know kept on making games. Well, the PlayStation was developed in concert with Sony, with Nintendo. It was supposed to be like the CD-ROM add-on to the uh, to the Super Nintendo. Cause there was really? Be, okay. Yeah, there, so there was going to be a Super Nintendo like uh, CD-ROM, because there was a Sega CD-ROM. Right? Okay. And they spun it off, and then Nintendo said, no, we're just going to make the N64. Uh-huh. And, and Sony was like, all right, we're just gonna, we're just going to do our own thing. So. Huh. And, and and look where they are today. <laughs> right, that is funny. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They could have definitely like, you know, they could have cut that off. So. Uh. All right. All right. Um. So that's Nintendo. Nintendo. So um, uh, we we got any historical um ends in this 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 batch of fantastic <laughs> stuff? No. No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot. No, hey, no is the end, so yes, we cut it right there. No, no. <laughs> so the big N, uh, the big N word for. Uh-oh, uh, the N going? word. Woo! All right, go. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I didn't mean it like that, but it's that, funny. <laughs> it's not that type of podcast, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the big historical figure that starts with N is that better? Is that going to get us in less trouble if I say it like that? Okay, so uh, uh-huh. the big the big historical figure that starts with N is Napoleon. Napoleon, legendary. Yeah, Napoleon um, Bonaparte 
who is the uh, emperor of uh, France and most of Europe, uh, rose from basically just a guy from a colony. He wasn't even from France. He's not huh. even French. He didn't speak French huh. very well, in fact. Okay. He's from uh, an island called uh, Corsica. Which is, really? Okay. Yeah, it's an island in the Mediterranean that became a French protectorate. Like, okay. Right Right before he was born, so he wasn't even like that. This it wasn't even you know French very long. Okay. And then he, you know, just basically through sheer military genius, rose to the point where he was the emperor of everything. Wow. Whole whole of Europe, and then he picked a fight with Russia, and that was a bad idea. Because Russia sort of you know, so Russia refused to capitulate. This is the thing about Napoleon, right? He didn't think that the Russians would. Uh, refused to capitulate if he beat them in a battle, right? Okay. And the Russians just refused refused to give up. Right. So they kept, uh, you know, so they kept um, beating him and beating him. He kept beating them in battles, but they would retreat and just burn everything, so there was nothing for him to capture. Huh. They actually captured Moscow, but they burned the city. They burned everything. Okay. And he was just completely left without any way to supply it. And Russia is so big that his supply lines were so long that that they were being, you know, harassed. Like, so there was this, like, almost guerrilla campaign to harass Napoleon's, uh, you know, to harass Napoleon's supply lines. They couldn't get supplies. And, uh-huh. I mean, it was just, uh, oh, boy. That was crazy. So he, he went into Russia with 600,000 troops, which was the biggest pre-industrial army. Uh-huh. And he came out with, like, 5,000 troops. Woo! So, <laughs> wow, he was, uh, he was, was a beast on that end. Sure. Yeah. But, but for about 20 years, I mean, he was just completely undefeatable in any land battle. Like, you couldn't beat him. Okay. Um, until, you know, uh, so anywhere he was, like, his army would win. Almost like a superpower. Yeah, and then just acu- kept accumulating more soldiers and everything, sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah, wow, so he would just crazy. go and, like, a lot of the soldiers in the Grand Armée that he took into Russia were German. Mm-hmm. Um, but Napoleon set the template for, like, uh, uh, European politics in the 19th century and was really the end of the feudal era and the beginning of the modern era. So it allowed industrialization and trade and, and nationalization to really happen. It couldn't have happened uh-huh. because like Germany didn't exist. Okay. Like even as an idea. So there was like the Holy Roman Emperor Empire that was really a loose confederation of principalities. And then Poland didn't exist. So Instead of being dominated by these imperial powers, uh-huh. um, these countries, you know, uh, weren't able to coalesce into centralized okay. governments. Okay. They were all very, like, uh, spread out. And so there was sort of like an overarching power, but it wasn't really very uh, heavy-handed. Okay. So it couldn't really get any momentum. And after Napoleon, you know, that stopped. And there wasn't warfare in Europe, like really serious, heavy-duty warfare in Europe for another hundred years after Napoleon. There were some unification conflicts, and there were some, you know, brush fire wars. But there wasn't anything serious for another hundred years. So that's how big of a deal Napoleon was. Yeah, Napoleon is definitely legendary in, in historical context of um, different uh, rulers, you know, per se. Also, he was short. That's another thing people say about him. <laughs> Hence the um, Napoleon complex thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all bumped into someone with one of those. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right, what else we got? Um, 
Well, there's Emperor Nero, who was crazy okay. and would rather have been an artist than governed, so they <laughs> assassinated him. He's famous for having played the fiddle while Rome burned. Um, <laughs> oh, right? Some historians say he got a bad rap because he was, like, you know, trying to organize uh, to rebuild and, uh, you know, his way of expressing, uh, he was, like, singing a song of mourning for the city. Okay. But, you know, people did, the optics weren't great. Okay. And he wanted to do this, these enormous building projects, right? And so, like, but all this stuff was in the way, and then a fire mysteriously burned it all. So there was a lot of people that said <laughs> that, you know, there's no way this is a coincidence, right? Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, he was seen as, like, the first really bad, like, you know, not effective uh, emperor. Okay. After Augustus. And then there's Nostradamus. Oh man! Now, Nostradamus gets a lot of uh, a lot of play because he says weird stuff that's sort of vague and then interpreted later as possibly being prophecies about the future. Right. And and there's a lot of people that you know read a lot about him. He was a medical doctor, and he would basically get high and then write stuff. Right. I mean, it's kind of how to think of it, right? Like he would smoke some weird concoction and then he would talk about. You know his prophecies for the next thousand years. There's some interesting ones where he said he's said to have predicted Napoleon and Hitler. Uh huh. And uh, and so that's why people he gets uh, you know uh, and that's why he gets uh, you know a lot of props right. on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but the if you actually read them, it's not really. You know, I mean, it's just not really anything that you would say. I, I listen. I'm a skeptic, guys. I yeah. Am, I, I'm not a particular. Uh, I don't believe in any of this stuff. But it's interesting to see how people can fit, you know, words that obviously have nothing to do with something into something else. Well, I mean, I guess if you look at the context of human history, things repeat itself at some point in, in different forms and fashion. So to make a guess and uh, actually put it as a prophecy is, you know, maybe a far-fetched thing. But, I mean, if you just, like I said, look at the knowledge of how humans are, period, then you could always make a context of where certain things may end up. You know, everything is not absolute. Um, right. And there's always flexibility in certain things. So I, I guess in, in mathematics, you are bound to make um, your point at some point in, the, in time. You know, right. the way mathematics is. You know, um, eventually something's going to happen. You know, if, if you... Um, I mean, if you state it. So, you know, I guess, I guess eventually the world's going to end at some point because that's just mathematically. It started at some point, so maybe, you know, at some point it's going to end. That's just mathematics, right? Right. We, ca- we can't so- really predict when, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you can put a number out there and, you know, hope it happens, but, hey, whatever. Well, let me just say, like, like I'm, I'm going to read one. I, okay. I just picked a random one. Okay. So the blue head will inflict upon the white head as much evil as France has done them good. Dead at the sail yard, the great one hung on the branch. When seized by his own, the king will say how much. Like, that's a, that's <laughs> that's one of these, right? All righty then. Like, it's gibberish. Uh-huh. So anyway. But he gets a lot of play. There's some stuff that's eerie. It's like one of those things that gives you an eerie feeling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, that's one of the... I, I really feel like, you know, we have this... I forget what it's called, but we have this... Uh, we have this uh, skill or this effect as mm-hmm. a species that we see patterns in things. Yeah. And it's designed to help us see patterns and recognize things. and That's the evolutionary purpose of it. 
Right. But it causes us to see patterns in things that don't exist. That you know, exactly. Right. Like constellations, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all know there's not really a, a hunter in the sky named Orion. <laughs> like, like, okay, sure. But we, see, but we can see that, right? Or we can see the Big Dipper. Right. Uh, that's all random. There's not obviously a pattern. Right. Um, so th- th- I really feel like a lot of these prophecy things are, are, are back extrapolated and seen as a pattern that, that isn't, you know, has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, um, with science, sometimes you make guesses and you make um, speculations and stuff. That's not only rooted in maybe sometimes in your own beliefs and mixed mixed in with maybe certain facts, but back then it wasn't really a whole lot of tools to really foreshadow a whole bunch of, you know, this, that, and the third, you know, so I don't know. But the guy would get high and write random stuff. I don't know. You know oh, if, if, if you're making a prediction on like an earthquake is going to come or a um, plague is going to happen, I mean, come on now, at some point. That's going to happen, you know. But does that make you a like you know a prophet or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that what's what's important to remember is that these vagaries are seen and, and clung to by people that, mm-hmm. uh, it, in some cases, maybe um, allow themselves to be carried away by them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You have, right. You know, to your point, you have science that can say this is going to happen at this point because of these reasons, right? Right. So there is going to be a. You know, uh, there is definitely going to be an earthquake in two weeks because of these this evidence. Right. And that's a lot more impressive to me than, uh, uh, you know, uh, predicting. Uh, that's more impressive to me than anything Nostradamus did. Yeah. I wasn't really planning on talking this way about Nostradamus as much, to be honest with you. I, I didn't think I was going to have such an opinion about it. But, but hey, you know, it comes. That's, that's what Nerdcyclopedia is all about. I mean, we come up with, with different topics and, you know, it ends up expanding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, um, during the conversation and everything. So I didn't expect to go like an hour on end. <laughs> hey, you know. But here we are, 58 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can cut off some of the Nostradamus hate. I don't need, if there's anyone I don't need knowing who I am as conspiracy theorist, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> too late. not have any idea what I'm too, doing. Too late. <laughs> Just be walking down the street, some guy in a pork pad hot hat comes up to me. He's, right. like, he's like, we know who you are. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I didn't ask for this. I just All wanted right. to talk about Nintendo. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. That's all. I was just wanted to hear about Nintendo. You know, <laughs> Then he started talking about the end of the world Notre Dame stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, just brought the whole podcast down. Next thing you, you know, know, Scott's talking about, you know, the Antichrist. It's like terrible. <laughs> I don't know how that even happened. He right, was just talking about Mario. <laughs> what are we kicking out this week? Well, um, uh, Richard Nixon. Nixon! Tricky dick! Yeah, he's gotta go. Give him the boot! Oh, man. Sound effect for that. The big boot. Throwing him saying he's not a crook. He was a crook. (laughs) It's funny because I was watching a documentary called The 13th. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about how... um, you know, talking about the Thirteenth Amendment, um, the uh, and they had a uh, a, a thing on uh, the the um, Richard Nixon and his how he how his campaigning was when he came when it came to what I want to say um, 
perpetuating the fears of, um, you know, violence and um, hatred or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like in uh, sort of along the same lines as today, maybe about Trump or what have you. Um, not to get too political, but it just sort of like um, they sort of mirrored a little bit. And there's sort of the same type of rhetoric and everything and campaigning that he did back then. is sort of the exact same thing that Trump did in his campaign. You're not so, the only person I've heard make that parallel, for mm-hmm. sure, in a lot of different ways. I think that the, uh, I think that that's a very cogent, you know, analysis of who uh, who the supporters of this of Trump are, and, right, and the ways that they relate uh, historically. You know, the ones that saw that saw. I don't know. I'm not getting into that. Well, I mean, I think, you know, either side of the, like, you know, I mean, whether you're for or against, I mean, that's that just, that's that's on you, you know. But it was just funny how they made those same comparisons to those two. And the the fact of what R- Richard Nixon did back then, he was a really shady character. Mm-hmm. You know, that part you can't really dispute or, you know, um, say, okay, well, he did things to sort of benefit this, that, and the third or whatever. Um, yeah. Nixon was shady, <laughs> and he did a lot of things to benefit um, himself and his administration, and it sort of uh, worked against what American to 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 the to the detriment of um, Americans back then. So with the whole Watergate scandal and everything, so yeah. hopefully you know this president um, you know doesn't get to that point or whatever. I mean, we'll see. Um, but like I said, it was just funny how. The compared the mirrored comparisons were made. So, but nonetheless, we're kicking Tricky Dick out. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So, um, yeah. So, so this is in Nerd Cyclopedia. You know, Nerd begins with N and everything. And yes. you could catch our. And this is me and Scott, uh, Scott and Sam. Yes. Um, Go to NerdCyclopedia.com to catch up on our different topics and different stories and stuff that we have on that website. Mm-hmm. You can um, email comments to us at NerdCyclopediaPodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, catch our Twitter handle nerd, at NerdCyclopedia. Um, tweet us. Um, get at us. Hate, hashtag hate Sam. Or hashtag hate Scott if you like Nostradamus. <laughs> All right. And then um, give, you, give me your um, Twitch handle. Uh, my Twitch handle is uh, it's my the site is twitch.tv slash s c h i t c h, which is s c hitch. So that's me. I play a lot of retro stuff, um, speedrun, uh, Mega Man Two. I'm gonna be learning Mega Man Three. Oh, okay. Decided to branch out a little bit. Yeah, so buddy. I'm getting a little bit burned out on Mega Man Two. <laughs> and uh, you know, I run this, I run some Super Nintendo stuff, but mostly retro, eight bit, sixteen bit, Super Nintendo, Nintendo stuff. The fun, 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 fun stuff. You we know, have a good time. It's a good hang. All right, all right. So we'll see you guys. Um, you know, next go round and everything. And yeah. Crazy Man, take us out. Ready for crazy? Yeah. <laughs>